0: The last two off-seasons for the Rangers have been as close to perfect as you can get. Can Chris Young make it three straight perfect off-seasons in a row? On today's show, I'm breaking down what the perfect winter would look like for the Rangers, the best case scenario. All that and more on this episode of Locked On Rangers. Let's get into it. You are Locked On Rangers. Your daily Texas Rangers podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network. Your team every day you we'll You are locked on to the World Series champion Texas Rangers. I'm Bryce Patrick, a cripplingly addicted Texas Rangers fan, covering this team for 10 seasons, including all five as the founder and host of this podcast. Thank you all so much for making Locked on Rangers your first listen every single day. If you're not already, you can follow me on Twitter at Bryce Patrick. You can follow the show at Locked on Rangers. Hit subscribe on your favorite podcasting platform and on YouTube, where the best way you can help grow the show is to comment nearly any single thing below. Now, before we get into the best case scenario for the Rangers this winter, today's episode is brought to you by Jase Medical empower yourself when you purchase a Jase case, providing you with personal supply of five antibiotics that treat fifty plus infections. Get yours today at JaseMedical.com. That's J-A-S-E Medical.com. Now let's start off by what is the best case scenario for the Rangers? Well, we talked the last uh, couple of episodes about how the Rangers have a need at starting pitcher, so obviously you need to address that. They don't really have a need at <laughs> in the lineup, but they could add a DH if they wanted to, and the bullpen even though it definitely did more than enough to win the World Series, the Rangers could still use some help in that bullpen for a 162-game season because it was very bad last year now let's take a look at the budget next year's projected payroll with all of the arbitration salaries taken into account is at 210 million dollars that would be below the tax threshold of 237 million dollars last year the rangers budget was at 250 million dollars so i projected about 40 ish million dollars to spend on average annual salaries for next season um But if they sign Shohei Otani, then I said all of that goes out the window because Shohei will bring a whole lot of extra revenue that the Rangers didn't have last year. And so let's start with step one to a perfect winter for the Rangers. Signing Shohei Otani to a 10-year, $400 million deal. Now that is kind of in maybe the middle to low end of what I think Otani will get. It could be anywhere between, I think, $300 million is the absolute baseline for what he can get. And I think Maybe $600 million is the absolute most I think he can get, but $400 million is in that range. I don't think he is as obsessed with the money. By the way, if he did make 10 years, $400 million, that would be the largest free agent contract in, uh, I believe, North American sports history. No, not Mer- North American sports, but at least Major League Baseball history, I believe. Uh, well, free agency-wise, yes, that would be the biggest one, but there was... There have been a few contract extensions for quarterbacks in the NFL that have been absolutely astronomical. And Aaron Judge's free agent deal last year with the Yankees at nine years, $360 million. That is the most, maybe it's 10 years. 360, whatever it was, $360 million is the most guaranteed money any MLB free agent has had in the history of Major League Baseball. And uh, yeah, I think Shohei Otani would absolutely be worth it. I've talked ad nauseum on last week's shows on Thursday and Friday about why the Rangers should or shouldn't. I'm in the camp of if the Rangers want the best possible offseason, I think signing Shohei is what starts it. Now, it wouldn't be an extreme failure if the Rangers don't get Otani, but like I said on Thursday's show... You sign Otani, and everyone hates you immediately, respectfully. You become a team that has already got a target on their back as the reigning World Series champ, but it goes from that to a team that's like, okay, this is just unfair. This is just rude. This is just obnoxious. And us Rangers fans, we will all be incredibly obscenely obnoxious if the Texas Rangers sign Shohei Otani, even if they do literally nothing else. It would still be close to a perfect free, uh, free agent period or off season period, but I don't think that's what the Rangers would do because the Rangers have been very aggressive in spending money. And some people might think that, Oh, because the Rangers, you know, spend all this money and they won their first championship. It, it's It was different. Now it's going to be, you know, less, there's gonna be less onus on the ownership, less, Um, urgency from ownership to go and win it all again, and less urgency from GM Chris Young to go and win it all again. I don't think that's the case. I think the Texas Rangers are going to be very, very aggressive in all of their free agent and trade pursuits this offseason. I think Chris Young took about five minutes after the parade to enjoy it and then immediately got back to work trying to decide on what 40-man moves to do, what potential trades, what um, free agents to research and and all that stuff that's that's definitely been going on for months and months and months, but really kicking that into overdrive after that championship parade. I mean, this is a front office that does not sleep, that has been incredibly aggressive and incredibly successful, building a team from a bottom feeder to a contender in basically two years. Absolutely nuts how fast they turned this thing around after several years of mediocrity. Now, Otani will make this one of the best lineups in maybe the history of baseball, last year the Rangers lineup was incredibly good. And this knocks out a D8 spot, so no return of Mitch Garver, almost assuredly. And the one downside of signing Shohei Otani to a $400 million deal is that the Rangers are almost assuredly out on any of the other big-name starting pitching free agents that it would be um, almost—I don't see a scenario where the Rangers go out and spend on two different $100-plus plus million deals. I just— I can't see that happening. I mean, maybe it's possible. This team is really, you know, confused me and and blow me out of the water if they if they go sign Shohei. I don't think there's any way they get Jordan Montgomery. I don't think there's any way they get Aaron Noah. I think they're they're definitely out on Yamamoto for sure. <laughs> there's no way in heck that they sign Shohei and Yamamoto. That would be absolutely insane. I think they're also out on Blake Snell. Just any hundred plus million dollar, even heck, anything over. I think even maybe $50 million that the Rangers would be out on. They just, I know, I know I keep saying it's not your money. It's not your money. And it is, it still isn't your money. If you are worried about how much some billionaire is spending on his baseball team, he should be spending all of the money. And eventually there is a limit, unless you are literally Steve Cohen, who has proven that there is no limit. The limit does not exist as they say in mean girls. Um, But I don't think that uh, this Rangers front office group, Ray Davis, is going to go and hand out multiple hundred plus million dollar deals or a $400 million dollar deal and then another $100 million dollar deal. That would be another half billion dollar offseason, which is possible. But again, the Rangers were bringing the payroll from baseline to mid tier when they signed Seeger and Simeon and John Gray in the same offseason. They're already in the upper-ish itch echelon at this point, and I don't see them going into the Cohen zone of like $300 million. Now, this still is not quite enough for the Rangers. They do need some starting pitching help. They do need somebody who's going to pitch this year, which Shohei Itani is not going to do. But and even though they are out on the big free agents that are in this pitching market, there are still some trade chips that I talked about in yesterday or on yes, yesterday's show. Um, and in this next segment, I'm gonna talk about who the Rangers should sign or should trade for to augment their incredibly deep rotation, and now a lineup ideally with Shohei Otani. Roger this word from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Jace Medical. We spend a lot of time talking together, you and I. We get fired up on the wins and losses, who starts and who sits. I'm thankful for that connection we have. And today, I want our chat to be a little bit more personal. Whether you're on extended travel, pricing for a major weather event, or limited by yet another supply shortage, you are covered, my friend. Thanks to our partners at Jace Medical. life-saving antibiotics and a long list of daily medications can be ordered in a one-year supply. Go online right now at jacemedical.com to receive your 12-month supply on your daily medication. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON at checkout for a discount as well. A verified customer had this to say about Jace. I'm thankful for the service. Supply chain issues caused me to cut pills in half to have it. I ordered most of my daily meds with a year supply. I also ordered an antibiotic kit so I feel secure now. Prices are lower than local pharmacies. I highly recommend this to everyone. If you or someone you love can get peace of mind by having a year supply of any daily meds, go to jacemedical.com to see if it's offered for you. Remember to use promo code LOCKEDON for $20 off your first purchase. Shout out to the editors for making Locked On Rangers your first listen every single day. On tomorrow's, you'll be breaking down the worst-case scenario for the Rangers this winter. Now, let's look at how the Rangers would augment their rotation with having Shohei Otani added as the first step in this ideal winter. Rangers, make a trade. For Corbin Burns, they trade Justin Foscue, Dustin Harris, and Aiden Curry for Brewers ace Corbin Burns. It might take, I think, uh, Ezekiel Duran. I think, I think Leody Tavares would be too high a cost for for one year. One, even though it's one full year of a guy who's been one of the best pitchers in baseball for the last three seasons, I, I just, I just don't think that the Rangers would have to give up. You know what is it, five years, um, four years of control for Leo Tavares. Yeah, they've got him for uh, this coming year. They've got him for the year after that, year after that, and the year after that. So he is still um, not really fully arbitration eligible, like Arb 1, Super 2. Basically, he's got four years of control left. Leo Tavares is coming off a two and a half WAR season as a young switch hitting uh, center fielder with power potential. Hasn't quite shown it as much in the big leagues, but the elite defense, elite speed, elite arm, um, and pretty darn good on base ability that he showed on the big stage in the playoffs. That is a guy who I think is would just cost too much. Ezekiel Duran, because he fell off in the back half and was not a part of the Rangers roster for almost the entirety of the playoffs and did not play at all, was added as an injury placement for Adels Garcia in those final two games. Um, but I think that Zeke Duran might be the most that it would cost and it would hurt because I think Zeke Duran is going to be a star wherever he goes. Um, But even though you're adding just one year of Corbin Burns, who's projected to make about 12, uh, 14 million, I think next year um, it's, I would say worth it because again, you're adding him and you'll have him and Scherzer coming off the books in 20 for 2025 so you have both those guys for one year and then you go to replace those guys when your rotation with Shohei Otani and Jacob deGrom who would presumably be both healthy for the start of the 2025 season so you could the Raiders could sign him to a Corbin Burns that is to an extension to keep him around for a while I think that'd be great um but I don't know if that would necessarily be likely it would more just be as a rental you could also you know shift this up and make this Tyler Glass now another guy who is who's going to be uh, on the trade market I'm pretty darn sure for the raise. because he's projected to make $25 million next year which would be uh, out, out of the Rays price range for just about any player cuz it's the Rays and they don't spend money and um but I, I just think that Corbin Burns is definitely a better bang for your buck the cost to deal with the Rays and get for uh Tyler Glass now would definitely be significantly less I think than Corbin Burns um but if, if the cost was Ezekiel Duran, I think I would want the Brewers to throw in some kind of reliever for the Rangers' troubles. Maybe that's, you know, a I don't think the Rangers could steal Devin Williams and um, Corbin Burns, even if it's just one year of Corbin Burns for Ezekiel Duran. I, I think that might be a bridge too far for the Brewers. But I think Ezekiel Duran would be more than enough to get just one year of Corbin Burns. Um, but I, I think that would be an incredible way to give the Rangers starting pitching help this year while Shohei is still on the mend and while Jacob deGrom is still on the IL for most of the season. That would give the Rangers an insanely good rotation of Corbin Burns, then you have Yuvaldi as your number two, then you have Max Scherzer as your number three. I mean, John Gray is your four, Heaney, Dunning, Bradford, and then deGrom in August or maybe September or maybe just ready for the playoffs. That's nuts. A playoff rotation of Burns, DeGrom, Eovaldi, and Scherzer, then you chuck John Gray, Andrew Heaney, Dunning in the pen, and maybe Bradford's not even on the roster, that's nuts. That's unfair, and it gives you a lot of cushion if one of those guys gets hurt. That is why you have to have so many starting pitchers, especially when they are older and brittle. I mean, Burns has been fairly durable, but even if the Rangers trade for him, there's no guarantee that he won't get hurt. I mean, Scherzer is going to be forty next year. I think he's in his age thirty nine season this year, and even though he's been very durable and was durable for most of this year, uh, and was not quite himself in the playoffs or the was not available for the last couple of weeks of the season, the Rangers don't get to the World Series without what Max Scherzer did. I feel like he often goes underappreciated because he was hurt down the stretch or the final couple of weeks. Not even just down the stretch, just the final couple of weeks. And people forget those eight starts that he did, those 45 innings that he pitched for the Rangers, that wasn't nothing. That was not nothing at all. Like 320 ERA and 53 strikeouts in that span. The Rangers don't get to the playoffs without those starts from Max Scherzer. They just don't even his final start in the regular season, those six shutout innings against Toronto. The Rangers don't do that without him, but you need some injury cushion. I mean, Rangers saw how brittle pitchers can be with the Jacob de injury, with the Nate Evaldi injury. I mean, Gray wasn't even fully healthy until really the World Series. And even then, he still wasn't quite fully healthy. The Rangers somehow had the first fully healthy Andrew Keeney season in like several years. Dane Dunning was the picture of health and consistency, was absolutely massive for that rotation. And then if Cody Bradford is like your number seven ish starter, which I think he would be at this point, that's great depth. That is great, great depth. So if two of your guys, God forbid, have, you know, months long injuries, like say Scherzer misses a couple of months and Evalu misses a couple of months as well, then you're adding guys into your rotation of Dane Dunning and Cody Bradford. And that's still a very solid rotation. Those are all guys who can keep you in games. There were, I me mean, very few games where they're just absolutely blown out of the water and you have to use up a crap ton of your bullpen. That is the kind of depth and insurance that the Rangers need, and that is why they were able to be so successful this year. It's because they had all of that depth. They signed a bazillion starting pitchers. They traded for another one, and they traded for two more at midseason. And they only had a small handful that were actually healthy and effective in the final games of the season i mean it was basically just heaney and dunning and of course Evaldi and montgomery you need so many guys and so much depth to actually go all the way and the rangers even if they they did have all of that there's no guarantee that they would be right back there um but still, you have that kind of a lineup. Not to mention the progression from the young guys in Josh Young and um, Evan Carter is probably going to be a little bit better next year, or at least more total value than the just one month that he was there. I don't know if he's going to have a you know 1,050 OPS or whatever like he did in the uh, in the regular season in his 20 games there, or a 900 or 950 or whatever OPS he ended up with in 20 ish playoff games, but the Rangers are going to have an incredibly good lineup next year. And you add Shohei Otani to that, it just becomes absolutely unfair in the most fun way possible for the Texas Rangers. Now, that's not all the Rangers need to do. There are a couple of other moves that I would like to see them do, including signing some relievers. Because again, that bullpen needs some help. I I do not think that Josh Hader is going to be on the table if the Rangers sign Otani. He is projected to get somewhere in the, like, 80 90 ish million dollar range, and if the Raiders sign off Tani, I don't think they do that, even if they just sign like Montgomery or they sign Yawamoto to a big old deal. I don't think the Rangers would you know pony up multiple 70 plus million dollar deals this offseason. I just don't see that happening. So, this is this is my you know hope anyway, because I am deathly terrified of signing a reliever, even a very good one like Josh Hader, to a big money long-term deal. Sign two relievers. First, sign Reynaldo Lopez to a three-year $18 million deal and sign Matt Moore to a two-year $6.8 million deal and remedy the mistake of last off saying, no, we're not going to trade Matt Moore at the deadline because we want to have that exclusive negotiating window so that we can bring him back. And then you still didn't bring him back. And this pin was an abject horror show. Like it was all season. And you absolutely could have used Matt Moore in that bullpen helping you out, but you didn't have that. So say, Hey, my B should have had you back last year. would have been really fun to have you on the championship run. Do you want to be a part of another one this year? and he will say okay yeah all's forgiven but i mean signing two relievers at you know 6 and 9 or 6 and like 4 million dollars a piece uh, as opposed that are probably going to be pretty good or at least decent as opposed to signing one reliever who is going to be maybe very good um for 18ish million or however much it's going to be like 15 16 17 million dollars that's going to be every year for Josh Hader I say give me more chances, more bites at the apple, because again, like we saw in this postseason, relievers are very, very finicky, so... Get a decent number of them and hope that enough of them are hot come October so you can get yourself on a deep run. Get yourself a Josh Spores, Jose Leclerc to figure it out. Maybe Jonathan Hernandez figures it out next year. Maybe the Rangers get some help in either Antoine Kelly or some other prospect, like Emiliano Teodo hops up and helps this Rangers pen out next season. Who knows? But there are still some other moves to be made. And what would this overall roster look like and how good would they expect it to be if they did pull off this ideal winter yet again? Right after this word from our sponsors. Shout out to the Everydayers for making Lockdown Rangers your first listen every single day. On Friday's show, I'll be talking with Grant Schiller, looking at the season in review for the Rangers minor league system. It was a pretty decent year on the farm. We'll talk about all that on Friday with Grant. Now, let's look at the rest of the moves I would like the Rangers to do for their ideal offseason. Now, there's not a whole lot left. You may be thinking, Bryce, all the starting rotations filled out, the bullpens filled out. Um, what else is left? Well, just bring it back. Two World Series heroes: One, Austin Hedges, on a 4.2 million dollar deal to be the backup catcher for the Rangers next season. Keep those Hedgy vibes going. Keep writing the magic number on Austin Hedges. But maybe you start from the beginning of the year. Now nah, that might be a little bit much, but maybe maybe you, you do it for I don't know the the stretch run, and you do it again for the World Series. But the vibes. The clubhouse vibes from Austin Hedges, or I'm pretty darn sure, absolutely essential to the Rangers winning it all. Not to mention how well he works with the pitching staff, and if you do when you when you do need to give Jonah Heim the occasional day off, you don't even have a little bit of a slip up defensively. There is no drop off, maybe even an increase. I don't know. I mean, Austin Hedges is just an absolutely ungodly good framer. Jonah Heim's very good, but Austin Hedges is absolutely insane as a receiver. I mean. Defensive catcher-wise, there's not anybody better than Austin Hedges in the big leagues. The stick, uh, the bat is, well, it is what it is, but having him back on a $4.2 million deal for the vibes and the defense and the scouting reports that he is helping to deliver to those pitchers, I think would be a great deal for the Rangers. And then one more free agent signing, very minor, but also very major, bring back World Series hero Travis Jankowski. Coming up in the clutch, playing right field for the injured Adoles Garcia. Sign him back to a similar deal that he had this year, of $1.25 million. I think that would be just fine, and Dandy, have that bench bat there. He's not going to be starting nearly as many games next year, but having him as a defensive replacement slash pinch runner slash um, excellent hair and vibes on this team I think would be a great great deal. There's not anybody in the minor leagues that I think is is more equipped to do this more effectively than than Jankowski. I mean, obviously if if White Langford comes up and he pushes uh, Leo Tavares out of the starting uh, lineup and Evan Carter is your everyday center fielder, then you've got, you know, two very good defensive center fielders, one a little bit better. Um offensively than the other if Leo Tavares is your fourth outfielder, which would be absolutely buck wild, but also just some insurance from injury if something happens, having him on your bench. He was a valuable player for the Rangers, and I think bringing him back would be a no-doubter, be very cheap, and just a good vibes move overall. Keeping those good vibes going is a very important part of the clubhouse. Bring back some winning pieces, even though Mitch Carver will likely be gone and um, several... Bullpen arms that contributed in different capacities in Chris Stratton and um, Rollis Chapman. And well, Ian Kennedy retired, so uh, he's not coming back or going anywhere else. Um, but I think that would be a great move to bring back Austin Hedges and Travis Jankowski. Now, this payroll would sit at $278.9 million if these projections hold up, if all of these things happen and everything goes to plan, like I just said. That would have been uh, second in Major League Baseball last year, at just $0.3 million, I believe, ahead of where the New York Yankees were, and behind only, of course, the big ol' spending New York Mets. Now, this would be an amazing, perfect winter. Is it possible? Yeah, it's possible. It's definitely possible. It is something the Rangers could do. Now, this is me being overly, you know, rosy picture, overly optimistic. But th- this is this is the best case scenario. We didn't want very good case scenario. This is, I think, the best it could possibly be for the Rangers. If if the Rangers pulled this off, ma- mainly just the Ghetto Tani and trade for Corbin Burns. Whatever you do with the bullpen at at that point, and the backup catcher and backup outfielders is, is whatever. Doesn't really matter. I mean, I would love to have Austin Hedges back no matter what. But really, it doesn't matter all that much if your backup catcher is Sam Huff versus Austin Hedges in the grand scheme of things. It really is not going to make a world-beating bunch of difference. But I remember doing a a best-case scenario before the December months of uh, 2021. Or, yeah. 20 yeah. Um, the 2021 winter where the Rangers went ahead and signed Marcus Simeon and Corey Seager and John Gray all within a span of 48 hours. I think my best case scenario was Rangers sign like Seager and John Gray. And then I think like one other mediocre outfielder, like I can't even remember who it was. It wasn't, it might've been like J- Jock Peterson or something. I don't I don't remember what it was at that point, but it was I had been a scar before. And then last year I said my best case scenario was they signed Degrom, And then um well, that happened and it was great. And they signed even more pitchers than I thought possible in the best case scenario. I said DeGrom, um, bring back Martin Perez, and then I think like one more. I think I think Heaney might have been on my list. Maybe I said Kershaw as well. Um obviously that didn't happen. That would have been really fun. But alas, that didn't happen this year. And I don't think Kershaw is is going to come back and come to the Rangers this year. If he was in there, I mean, in my heart, that would be a, a part of a best-case scenario. But again, I don't know how that money would work if the Rangers signed Otani and traded for Burns. I mean, not that the Rangers wouldn't make room in the rotation for Clayton Kershaw, who would be out until, I think, June because of the shoulder surgery he just had. Um, but this would be... And unbelievably, I just feel like it would be way too much to ask. Like we have been so greedy. I have been very greedy in the things that I was asking for from the Rangers in winter's past of asking for Corey Seeger and the Rangers got it. And they also added on Marcus saving for good measure. I asked for Jake Grom. I mean, my Christmas list um, to, to Chris Young, or my, my Chris Young list, not my Christmas list, my Chris Young list the last couple of years has come to fruition and even more things players, not things, even more players on my favorite baseball team than I could have possibly asked for. So, I mean, why bet against Chris Young having a third straight perfect or near perfect offseason? If you could add another reliever or two, that would have been very helpful last year. But hey, it is impossible to criticize what he did within the past, you know, 12 months because the Rangers are World Series champions. And if they pulled off something like this, they are set up To have one of the greatest runs a Major League Baseball franchise has had since those 90s Yankees. Like, that's what this team would be on the precipice of if they pulled off something like this. It would be unreal. It would be unheard of. It would be unfathomable. This Rangers team would be not only the favorites, but just by far runaway favorites, to go back-to-back next year if they pull off a Burns and an Otani in the same offseason, even if you're only getting hitter Otani. Like, that's just nuts. That would be absolutely insane. The Rangers would catapult themselves to number one villain in Major League Baseball. Unfortunately, that crown would be passed from the Astros to the Rangers, and instead of you know being involved in the greatest cheating scandal, biggest cheating scandal, not the greatest. It was pretty bad, Um, unless you're talking about great terms of scale and historic and whatever, but it would go from that team down South to the Texas Rangers. They would be hated by everybody. They would be declared the new Yankees. They would be um, universally reviled. And we would all sit here uh, in the Lords of our castles, scoffing at those poor teams for not spending more money, scoffing at those dumb teams for not trading for future all-stars for, you know, cash considerations and an aging um, star shortstop that is, Nowhere near his prime. And also, um, you know, just drafting and developing homegrown players like Evan Carter and Josh Young and Luis Ferris and maybe soon Wyatt Langford. He'd just be sitting there, scoffing, cackling, laughing at everybody else for wanting to be the Texas Rangers and setting up for an actual dynasty that we have not seen in Major League Baseball in many, many decades. One of the first actual, I think, dynasties since, well, I guess, I I guess you should probably, I should probably respect the San Francisco Giants and call three championships in a five-year span dynasty. That's, that's pretty dynastic. And you imagine Bruce Bochy having another three championships in five-year span with two different franchises, both of which had not won in their current city before he got there. That would be absolutely unreal. It would take know chris young and make him one of the best gms in sports history it would take bruce bocce as definitely the best manager i think in major league baseball history if not the best coach slash manager in all of sports history it would put him on an unreal pedestal assuming that he would stay for five years maybe they just go back to back to back and those are the way (laughs) that's the way you get three championships in a five-year span i don't know But if they did this, if the Rangers pulled off a third straight perfect winter, I would be deliriously happy, even more so than I thought was physically possible. Even after the Rangers winning it all, being set up to be incredible villains and just embracing that role as the team on top of the mountain of everyone trying their best to get to you and knowing they will almost assuredly never get there. I don't know if this is going to happen, But if any of these things happen, I would be very happy with them. No matter what happens, the Rangers are still reigning World Series champs for at least another 360-something, maybe 350-something days. Does not matter. Feels good to be champs, and it feels good to dream about an incredible third straight perfect winner. That's going to do it for today's show. Thank you all so much for listening and subscribing. And until next time, don't forget to enjoy World Series champion Texas Rangers baseball.